Hello, this is Catherine at I Know I Need to Stop Talking. Happy Sundays, my lovelies. It's Sundays. I, uh, Sundays? It's Sunday. Oh, it's been a long Sunday already, clearly. It actually really has been a long Sunday already. I will explain why shortly. But yes, recording on a Sunday rather than a Saturday this weekend. We had a busy, a busy Saturday, which seems insane, right? It's lockdown. Is it just me who is actually wondering how I am going to fit in all the elements of my normal life? That sounds ridiculous, right? I remember when lockdown first started, at the start of the year and I remember phoning up my mum and going oh how are we going to fill the hours and I vividly remember this because I cleaned out my cutlery drawer yes that's right I had free time to do my most probably hated household chore of all and clean out my cutlery drawer I fucking hate cutlery drawers so many items of cutlery are complete dicks is that just me don't get me started on potato mashers, but also weird and wonderful things and, and items in the cutlery drawer that I don't even think are actually items of cutlery, but nonetheless, I'm too scared to throw them out. We've got a weird, long thing with a curvy bit on the end. I mean, that description, I'm surprised you can't imagine it vividly in your heads right now, but it's like a weird long thing with a curvy bit on the end and a kind of a swirly bit. I have no fucking clue what it's for, but I also know that the day that I decide to throw that out will be the day that I discover it's some vitally critical item, which we can't live in the household without. So yeah, that's, um, that's, that's, that's in the cutlery drawer, along with lots of other things and scissors. Oh my God, fucking scissors. Scissors are very useful. But again, I don't know if it's just me. My scissors are dicks. You put them in the drawer and you think you've put them in the right place. And then you shut the drawer and they kind of get themselves wedged up between the drawer and the countertop and spoons, big fucking spoons. Nobody uses the big fucking spoons, almost never, unless you're serving a salad. In my house, almost never, but still they're there and they just wedge themselves in, little fucking assholes. I clearly have a lot of pent up anger about cutlery drawers, who, who knew? But yeah, I, I found time in early lockdown to clear out my, my cutlery drawer. In fact, that was probably the last time it was done, which suggests it's very much overdue for another clear out. But I just feel my days have got ridiculously full of stuff. I mean, Beth's not even had football. She starts back football, hopefully, end of next week. And I'm already thinking, when am I going to have time for that? My life is so full of, of, of stuff. And I fully appreciate that I'm I'm hugely lucky to, to feel that way. But nonetheless, there seems to have been a lot going on. And yesterday was a classic example of a weirdly busy lockdown Saturday. So I arranged to, because for me, one of the best things about this particular lockdown versus the last one is that you can meet one other person outside. And as someone who loves walking and does a lot of walking, this this is, um, I feel very lucky that, that we're allowed to do this. So I'd arranged to meet my sister and actually my nephew because he is less than a year old. So is also allowed to be in the in the little bubble group of, of you and an adult and, and a nephew. I, I feel like I'm over explaining this, but does anybody else feel they really have to justify their movements in lockdown? I'm doing this because of this and this is okay, and it's justified, and please don't shout at me. And, and I understand, you know, full, following the rules I genuinely think is really important. I think that protecting the NHS is really important. I mean, hey, I could throw out here that we could have protected the NHS by properly funding it for fucking years prior to this pandemic, but I always promised that I would not make these podcasts political, so we won't go down that route. But yes, following the rules is, is important, and I do think that it's the right thing to do, but 
it has also brought out a not very nice side in a lot of people who seem to think that having these rules gives them excuse to judge other people. And I'm a firm believer in until you've walked that mile in somebody else's shoes, let's not be dicks about this, eh? I am, in fact, as I record this, wearing my my sweatshirt that my kids love when I wear this when I go to walk into the school playground and it says very loudly on the front of it, don't be a dick. So let's try not to be dicks, eh? Follow the rules, but don't be a dick. So I went up to meet my sister, who doesn't live a million miles away. We we met somewhere in between us. Beautiful, lovely and quiet. And had the most glorious walk. And again, I think I am an incurable optimist. But I do think that 2020 has definitely taught me to really, really value the little things. Like the stuff that I would have just brushed off and dismissed previously and gone, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't know, watching watching Beth. Oh, Sandwich the Cat has come to join the podcast. Literally every podcast, something happens. It was not a household device. Hi, Sandwich. You've come to join in, have you? Are you going to sit quietly like a good girl? Fuck's sake. I'm sure Zoe Ball doesn't have this problem. Anyway, I digress. Where were we? But yeah, appreciating the little things. Standing on the on the sidelines watching Beth's football, I keep seeing on Time Hop. Oh, Time Hop's a bitch this year, isn't it? Reminding you of all the shit you can't do. But I keep seeing, you know, things pop up on Time Hop going, oh, I'm standing on the sidelines at football. It's fucking freezing. Oh, I've got to get up early to, to go to football. Lockdown has changed my view on all this. Now I'm like someone in a fucking Hollywood musical, dancing out of bed, clicking my heels together, singing joyous songs about the joys of freezing your tits off in the pouring rain on a football sideline. Mm, sounds like a classic. Maybe I should write it. But yeah, appreciating the little things. Oh my goodness me. And we met somewhere which is just glorious. It's just beautiful all around you. Lovely landscape. Lovely and quiet so you can walk for miles and miles and not see another person. And we just chatted. We just chatted. And it's that joy of those face-to-face interactions, isn't it? Because I think lots of us have got very, very used to communicating via Zoom this year for entirely necessary reasons. And on the odd occasions, because I'm someone who's worked, been lucky enough to work from home throughout the pandemic, on the odd occasions when you see people face to face, I don't know about anybody else, it's like a totally different dynamic. I had to go into the office for emergency reasons over the course of the summer, I had to pop in, and I saw some of my work colleagues face to face for the first time since March. And it was quite exhausting. That sounds really weird, but the face-to-face interaction. And also I was like, oh, you all look ever so slightly different compared to how you look on a Zoom screen. That's really weird. But yeah, face-to-face interactions. Oh my goodness me, I have learned to value those so much this year. So we just went for a walk, me and my sister, and we talked about fucking everything, which you 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 know you often can do with, with family members. We just talked about random shit. But it's really interesting because obviously her children are are very young. So my nephew's under one and my niece is three. And I mean, it's a grind when they're that little. However lucky and fortunate and privileged you are to have children, and I never, ever, ever underestimate how lucky you are, it's still fucking hard. It's really hard because it's just relentless. And it's it's only now, sort of, when coming out the other side of it, and obviously my children being that much older, stuff that I take for granted now, and, and chatting to my sister, you know, like this morning, got up, decided that I was going to go and wash my hair. I have hair extensions. It takes quite a while. I could walk into the bathroom, run a bath, and I could just get on and do that. But I can remember when my children were little, 
You can't just do that. Even something as simple as going and having a bath, you need to have a conversation with your other half. And and this is not about, you know, partners not taking on fair share of childcare, but it's just a logistical thing. You need to know which one of you is watching out for, for the small children, right? So that they don't go and, I don't know, scale bookshelves. Beth was a shocker when she was little. She used to scale all the fucking bookshelves in the house. Jane used to pull all the books off them. Oh, so glad those days are gone. But yeah, logistically, you just need to have the conversation of, well, I was thinking about having a bath. So is it all right if, how does that work? And you need to do this and how do we fit this everything is just hard work when you have children and like I say that's not taken away from how incredibly lucky all of us know we are when we have kids but I do wish I still wish and there's more and more of us saying it out but I do wish there were more people out there just giving that really honest narrative of having kids is the most brilliant privileged and amazing thing to do but my god it's fucking hard And when they're little it is relentless the only time you get to, you know, to sort of relax and not be looking in 360 degree directions all around you for whatever dangerous feet they're trying to pull next. The only time you get to relax is when they're asleep. And if they're like, certainly Jamie was, and they don't sleep, that's not very often. That's really not very often. So it's, it's, it is genuinely, for me, it's something that's really important that I don't forget because I think it's quite easy now for me to look at my kids who are pretty much effortless to look after and forget those those early years. But they are they are tough. So if you are in those the mar of the early years right now, it is completely OK to feel amazingly privileged and lucky and fortunate. Hi, Sandwich. She's back again. It's really good, Sandwich, the way you leap onto my shoulder when I'm trying to make this very serious point here, but thanks for participating. She's literally got her face right next to mine. It's very unnerving. For those of you who don't know, the Sandwich is one of our three cats. We like comedy names. So we have Sandwich, we have ASAP, and we have Brexit. And yes, those looks that you imagine our neighbours might give us when we're calling for them at night is spot on. But what I was trying to say is if you have got small children... Oh, hi, someone. You're meowing now. Good. I mean, fucking hell. I just don't think proper podcasters have to deal with this shit. Just as I thought I'd turned off every household appliance and I thought I'd locked the cats outside, but sandwiches has come to join the party. As I was saying, fucking hell, as I was saying, if you have got small children, I just want to say, and I will keep on saying this, that it is perfectly okay to love them with every inch of your being to feel unbelievably privileged to be a parent and still find it unbelievably fucking hard. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. And I will keep saying that and saying that and saying that and saying that until my dying day, because my God, I wish it was the thing that somebody had said to me. I felt so guilty for not enjoying my children when they were little. So guilty, so unbelievably guilty. I thought I'd done something wrong. I thought I was ungrateful. And no, do you know what? It turns out Parenting small children is just really, really fucking hard. So if you're there right now, I hear you. I hear you. So that was yesterday morning and that was really, really lovely to see my sister. And then I came back home and then because I'm a glutton for punishment, I dragged my children out walking in the afternoon. There's lots of walking happening at the minute. I will explain at some point what all this walking is is going towards. But we went out for a walk in the afternoon and actually much as they might bitch and moan for a little bit. Both my kids are really good walkers. Jamie particularly, but but Beth also has her has her moments. Beth is always interesting to take walking because she picks the most random items of clothing to wear. I mean, yesterday was was a classic. <laughs> so yesterday I sent the kids upstairs to, to get changed and Jamie put on some black trousers and a black top and some black shoes and a black coat because he's a 13-year-old boy and black is what they wear. Beth came downstairs 
and said, this is what I'm wearing. And I attempted to negotiate with her, but Beth's line at the minute, some of you might have seen it on the blog this morning, Beth's line at the moment is, mum, I am an independent woman, which basically is, I'm not doing what you want me to do. It doesn't matter how many times you ask me, and I'm going to use this independent woman line, which is ideal. So Beth materialised wearing for her walk a pair of bright yellow football astro boots, some Christmas pyjamas, standard, emblazoned with Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And then on top of that, so I, we're spending Christmas at home, the four of us this year, and I had said to the children, therefore, that I would buy them a nice outfit for Christmas Day. Now, I'm not fucking stupid. I wasn't expecting that they were going to suddenly be asking for twin sets and pearls, although, Jamie, you never know. Um, but no, I wasn't expecting they were going to be asking me for, for something sort of that I would think was like nice party wear. But I did think we could have something, you know, that looked vaguely, I don't know, smart, presentable, not absolutely fucking batshit in the family photos. So Beth said to me, I want a Christmas jumper. And I was like, fine, no problem. I was like, look at us, we'll look so wholesome. Family and our denim and our Christmas jumpers. And so I said to her, send me the link of the Christmas jumper that you want to get. She went upstairs, had a look on her computer, came back downstairs. She was like, I found one. I was like, okay, brilliant, let's have a look. And I think, when I think of Christmas jumpers, I imagine, I don't know, maybe snowflakes, maybe gingerbread houses, perhaps a Merry Christmas, maybe even like some little, you can get some with LED lights on, can't you, as well. That's what I was imagining. What Beth showed me and what Beth wore on our walk yesterday was the most fucking insane Christmas jumper of all time. On the front of the Christmas jumper, there are three kittens. The three kittens have laser eyes, because really, what doesn't say Christmas like kittens with laser eyes? And the kittens are using their laser eyes to burn through a pile of Christmas presents. I shit you not, somebody somewhere has gone, mm, Christmas jumper, we need a fresh design. What are we going to go for? Oh, how about how about kittens? Kittens? Yeah, with, with, with Christmas presents. Well, it's not very original, is it? Tell you what, we'll give the kittens laser eyes. Of course you will. Of course you fucking will. What the fuck? So, Beth's outfit yesterday was her, her bright yellow astro boots, her Merry Christmas, you filthy animal pyjamas, and a Christmas jumper with kittens with laser eyes on them. And full credit to Jamie. He doesn't even bat an eyelid. He's like, is Beth wearing that? I'm like, yeah, he's like, standard, standard Beth. So um, we set out and we had a we had a lovely, a lovely walk filled with weird and wonderful conversation topics, as you always get with my kids. Quite an extensive period of about a mile and a half when Jamie got unbelievably hung up on why were there no main gods like, you know, we're talking like God, Buddha, that, that kind of level, top tier gods who were female. And I was like, oh, that's a really interesting question don't know the answer other than discrimination there probably are some some female top tier gods we did look them up and mr i know i need to stop talking said he thinks the japanese sun god might be female don't know if anybody can enlighten me on that but yeah sexual discrimination in top tier of gods was a was a hotly debated topic but actually, we, we walked for miles and, and they are really good. I mean, Beth's obviously very fit because of her football anyway. But Jamie, I've discovered this is this is brilliant. And if you have a teenage boy, I urge you to try this. Albeit is costing me a fucking fortune. Jamie, I have discovered, will walk for camembert. Of all things, yes, he'll walk for camembert. So effectively, I can drag him out for, you know, eight, nine, ten miles. He won't complain, provided on the way back we walk past a supermarket and he can go in and purchase some camembert some crusty bread and some chicken drumsticks. And if you get those for Jamie, he'll walk miles. 
I might get him a t-shirt for Christmas. Um, actually, I should slowly do that, shouldn't I? Jamie will walk for Camembert. So yeah, he's he's a he's a very he's a very good walker, which is which is good. It's good because he knows that he needs to get into my good books at the moment because oh, honestly, honestly, my life is ridiculous. So I had a conversation the other day with a friend of mine whose son is at the same school as Jamie's, and. She and I, she and I were just having a sort of a, a general conversation about how school was going, and she said, "Oh, she said, can I, you know, she said, can I tell you something?" She said, "I, I don't want to be an, you know, embarrassing parent." She said, "But I'm so proud." She said, "We had a letter home from the school," and I said, "Oh, great! What, what was the letter about?" And she said, "I got a letter home from school, and basically it was a letter from the head of year, the head of year that the boys are in, saying how amazing a job her son was doing, what great student he was, what great job he was doing, and how it's really important." to celebrate the work that great students are doing, which I thought was so lovely. And I was like, oh, I'm not surprised you're proud. That's amazing. Anyway, two days later, letter comes in the post from me. I can see on the top of the letter, there's a postmark from the school. And I'm not going to lie, there was a little bit of me that thought, oh my God, Jamie's got a letter as well. And, you know, Jamie has a, a bit of an up and down time at school. He's bright, he's switched on, he's got loads of mates. He can't shut the fuck up in class even slightly, which obviously as a teacher is not ideal. So he's he's had ups and down times at school. But I've got this letter and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it's, it's to me and Mr. I know I need to stop talking. And I'm like, maybe this is it. Maybe Jamie's got the letter as well. I open up the letter. It's an invoice for a replacement toilet seat because Jamie has managed to break the toilet seat. I just, that just sums up my life so perfectly. I can't even begin to tell you. So, so <laughs> what had happened was a couple of weeks ago, I had actually had a call from the school at the time because Jamie had, they're alleging Jamie had damaged the toilets. And I thought, well, it seems unlikely, you know, Jamie's he's a he's a talkative kid he's not a bad kid he's he's a very good boy he's his heart is in the right place but he is also very clumsy so it wasn't entirely implausible so long story short what happened is Jamie had gone to the toilets and had found itself locked in the cubicle instead of doing what you and I might do which is because because his mates were outside go and go and get somebody to help that's probably the logical logical set of events right now Jamie decided in his wisdom because he's he's a little bit claustrophobic so he does get a bit panicked that he was going to climb onto the toilet seat, which obviously then broke, hence the hence the invoice, and his mate was going to kick the kick the door down. Ideal, right? Ideal. So yeah, so uh, the contrast between our two boys. My friend gets a letter saying what a great student uh, her son is. I get a letter saying, please can you pay us for a replacement toilet seat? Good times, good times. Such is my life. But yes, so we have also, it's a busy Saturday and then a busy, an unexpected busy start to Sunday. Honestly, I swear I'm in a hidden camera show sometimes. So got up this morning, was just running my bath, sitting, sitting there quietly, about to wash my hair. And Mr. I Know I Need to Stop Talking appeared in the doorway and said, sad times. And I said, what's happened? He said, Boris is dead. Now, my first thought was absolutely for our esteemed Prime Minister. And as I said, this is not a political podcast so I will leave any further comments there but no Boris Boris was dead Boris as in our large koi carp in our garden pond much too large for the pond but he was here when we when we bought the house so he's kind of stayed there with the house ever since uh and had clearly been there for some time Boris was dead so Mr I know I need to stop talking went to break the news to the children Beth was inconsolable Jamie like came into me. I was, I was still in the bath while all this chaos was unfolding. Jamie came in laughing his head off. He's like, Beth's crying her eyes out. And I said, well, you know, 
be sympathetic. She's sad. He was like, Mum, she's never even been near the fish pond. She's never even looked at Boris. And I was like, oh, well, you know, a death is a death. It's it's these sad times. Anyway, we had to have a funeral, didn't we? Of course, we had to have a fucking funeral for a fucking koi carp on a fucking Sunday morning. I mean my life. So <laughs> I managed to avoid the worst of this. We have a little area of woodland just across the road from us which is part of the part of our front garden and so I watched safely from the window while putting my hair up into a hair turban as the children ceremoniously walked across to the woodland brandishing spades (laughs) dug a hole to bury the fish in honestly my life how 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 did these things happen dug a hole came ceremoniously back across took Boris in his in his net his final resting place across to the hole placed him in there and then Beth Beth came upstairs to to update me oh both children are just wearing their dressing gowns for this whole endeavor as well I mean what our neighbors must think I do not know Beth then came up to tell me how they'd they'd done a funeral and it was it was a good funeral and she'd said a prayer and then she'd marked she she said Jamie did the digging I said what did you do she said I placed three stones on the top of on the top of the grave she said I'm going to get a sharpie and write on them they're going to say love you Boris I said oh that's lovely sweetheart that's very touching and then within about 30 seconds she'd forgotten the entire endeavor and was back on house party chatting to her mates so I think it's safe to say that Boris dying is not going to have some kind of long-lasting effect on her but honestly fuck my life how does this happen Sunday morning what did you do I had a fish funeral of course you did of course you did. So yeah, rest in peace, Boris. You were a great and illustrious large koi carp in the bottom of my pond, who, to be fair, probably would have had better policies on how to get us out of this whole sorry coronavirus mess. But anyway, with that, those those will go with you to your to your fishy grave. So yeah, R.I.P. Boris. So I am off to deal with the rest of rest of Sunday, which is um, promises to be chaotic. I'm about to. I put this on the blog this morning. I'm about to cook a proper roast dinner for the first time in my 39 years. I know, I know it's ridiculous, particularly given I I do quite a lot of cooking. But as I've said before on here, I have to confess, I don't really like roast dinners. However, my children are having none of this. And as it's the four of us at home for Christmas this year, they've insisted on a proper turkey, despite the fact, Mr. I know I need to stop talking as pescatarian, so we'll have a salmon on crew. We are going to be eating fucking turkey till well into 2021, I can pretty much guarantee. But I thought I'd better do a dry run. So the £50 turkey was not my like practice ground for cooking a roast. So I'm about to go and put a chicken in the oven. I feel terrified, particularly given the amount of advice this morning that says I've got to shove my hand up up its bum hole first. I mean, goodness me, I thought I was just cooking a meal. Turns out some kind of whole sexual fetish weirdness going on already. So that's that's going to be my that's going to be my my Sunday. I need to do all that and then try and make my house look. Somebody posted this morning to say that their house currently looks like an Amazon sorting centre due to pre-Christmas purchasing. That is so what my house looks like right now. It is abject chaos. There is bits and pieces absolutely everywhere. But thankfully, a little bit less like an Amazon specifically sorting centre as it would do previously, because thanks to all of your amazing posts last week, I've bought from so many small businesses and it's so it makes me feel so happy. It's like one of those, it's like the episode in Friends with Phoebe where she tries to do a truly good deed and she can't because she feels great every time she does it loved small businesses, love buying from small businesses, the lovely messages I've had back. So if you're someone who's running a small business, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the stuff that you do. And I've still got loads more shopping to do. So I'm excited to work through all of that. And if any of you have any small businesses selling slightly less batshit Christmas jumpers, maybe I could offer Beth 
an alternative no she's not going to wear an alternative is she she's going to wear kittens with laser eyes for christmas day and these are that to be honest that's probably going to sum up 2020 my christmas photos will probably perfectly sum sum up the absolute shit show which has been 2020 but yeah there we go for anyone who didn't see on the blog this morning it would be remiss of me to finish this podcast without pointing out that until the end of the day on monday my first book absolutely smashing it is just 99p on kindle so if you want to read it and i completely understand money is tight for lots of people hopefully that's an opportunity for you to do so that's my little public service announcement of the year But I think for me as well, it is just remembering that in the run up to Christmas, particularly this year, it's remembering the things that really matter. And goodness me, if 2020 has taught me nothing else other than, seriously, we're never going to run out of fucking loo roll ever. It is remember the things that really happen. We might not all be able to be with our loved ones this Christmas. I know that we won't be. We're going to be at home, just the four of us. But actually calling those who matter to you and telling them that they love you and basically being grateful for everything that we have in our lives, I think is is hugely important this year. And I shall remind myself of that when I'm losing my fucking shit trying to cook a turkey the size of a dustbin on Christmas Day. Have lovely rest of weekends, my loves. Look after yourselves, stay safe, and I will see you again next week. Take care. Bye-bye.